0: They may not know everything about sports, but the view from their couch is pretty good. So kick back and enjoy a brew, because you know they already are. Here
1: is Eric Dorsch. What Justin really meant to say was, go blue. Russ Ivanek.
0: Taking out of my logical mind for a minute. He's just fun to watch. And Justin Marcus. Just just, just park the khaki elephant in the room. I don't, I This is Armchair Sports Talk.
1: And you know what? No cut. No cut this week, because you know what? The Lions didn't do anything this week to deserve a cut. 24-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings, a team that has talent. Not enough talent to keep you out of the end zone. It's just, it's it's abysmal. Uh, Dalvin Cook breaks off a 70-yard run. That would have been the play, the little highlight to here, but I, I'm not wasting my time with it. Uh, this Detroit Lions team has a lot of problems uh, a week after trading Golden Tate, and uh, we're going to dive right into it and try to figure out if we can see a light at the, end of the other end of the tunnel. So uh, bring in Justin Marcus. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm good, my friend. You sound heated today.
1: I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm a little – you know what? I, I'm carrying over the salt you had from last week. I'm just putting it in another direction. So This makes me so happy. Yeah, I know. You're, you're loving it. It's like when I say we for Michigan State, and I don't mean to. So, that was the uh,
0: highlight of my year so far.
1: <laughs> and uh, bring in Russ Ivanak, who he, he might have some numbers to give me some – Positive outlook, but those would be probably very tough to find, Russ. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know if it's going to help your outlook at all. <laughs> I've got numbers; they're not pretty.
1: They're not pretty numbers, so that that does nothing for me. Um, like I said, Lions fall 24 to nine to uh, Minnesota Vikings. I, I, you know, Stat Padford tried to show up for a little while there, but he didn't really pad any noticeable stats. 25 of 36 for 199. No TDs. No interceptions. Uh, Kirk Cousins on the other side. Kirk Cousins really didn't have to be that effective this past this past game. 18-22, 164, one TD, one interception. The Honestly, guys, if we're looking for a bright spot, the only bright spot I can take out of this is we snapped the Thielen receiving yard streak. We were able to stop him from breaking that record. Calvin gets to still be at least a little bit part of it. That's the only bright side I can take out of this, Russ.
0: Oh, well, yeah, it's... it's... It was one of those things that maybe they got a little too obsessed with doing that and forgot some other things like, oh, I don't know how to play offense. Mm-hmm. That would have been nice to throw that in once or twice.
1: Yeah, the, the red zone alone. I mean, how many times oh, were God. the Lions in the red zone with great opportunity? And it, it's it, it's just scary. The, Kenny Galladay, we expect, we expect him to kind of be that end zone kind of throw it up to guy. Not really present in this game. I mean, he was there, but not really uh, Marvin Jones is supposed to be that for us. Nothing. We have Legarrett blunt to be a red zone kind of back to pound it in for us. Nope. He, he, he couldn't be bothered. And to make things worse, the guy we've been preaching the last couple weeks, carry on Johnson, he got his double digit carries, but for 37 yards, I mean, carry was totally ineffective in this game. And it didn't help that the offensive line was absolute Swiss cheese. I mean, Stafford sacked 10 times in one game. It's just, uh, I, I think I texted both you guys. It's impossible to get an offense going, Justin, when your quarterback's on his back every other play.
0: No, it, dude, it was, it was absolutely embarrassing. Like they, they couldn't do anything. And I think carry-on's issue is a product of the O-line as well. I I mean, you're not going to score points. I know this is what Patricia was harping on, but, yeah, you can't score points if you're not going to try to play. Uh, it's just, it, Dude, it was bad. Like, I've seen them play bad football, but that has to be the worst in recent memory for them.
1: I mean, I, I texted both you guys. It, it to me, it felt like the O and sixteen team. It felt like one of those ones where you're looking at that scoreboard, and for the longest time, we're still in this game. We're a touchdown and an extra point away from this being a two point game. We're in it all the way up into the fourth quarter, and it's like one of those games where it's it's so close, but the team's doing so badly that you know it's never going to get any closer. It's it's just impossible to deal with, and honestly. I, I, I wanted to think that the departure of Golden Tate was going to be a little bit more of a not as much as we're making it out to be. You know, he was an effective player for us, but I figured, you know what, we have enough young talent and guys that appear to be stepping up this year that maybe maybe Golden going away isn't the end-all, be-all. But, Russ, I mean, if you watch that game back, there were, out of those 10 sacks, there were probably seven of them that Stafford was looking around, and he, you know what he was looking for? Golden Tate, because they played together so well that Tate knew, oh, Matt's in a little bit of trouble. Let me cut this back or come back to him, and he can just hit me real quick, and it's a little bit of a bailout, and he didn't have that for this game.
0: No, he didn't, and and I think that is why we saw a, a lot of those sacks. Uh, part of it is because TJ Lang was out for part of the game, and, mm-hmm. and five of those sacks came when he was out of the game, and, and most of them coming from the interior lineman getting to Stafford, so a little bit of cause and effect there. Uh, but yeah, there was very clearly a lot of times where Stafford could not find or could not see anyone that was open. I mean, they, they went four for 15 on third down. Yeah. That's, that's really, really bad. And I think that's really where we saw the absence of Tate. I mean, they have a 40% conversion rate at third down this year now, mm-hmm. including that game. So four for 15 is especially bad and, and out of sorts for this Lions team you take away his best weapon there, you give an offensive line that, holy cow, not only are they continuing to deal with injuries, primarily the TJ Lang, but just a complete ineffectiveness to really do anything. Hunter had three and a half sacks by himself. Yeah. So had six different players with at least a half a sack. In a, in a game where your defense only gives up 17 points, you should win. To, and I put
1: this a lot on the offense. No, I mean it hundred percent is on the offense. But before, uh, before, because we I, there's one part of the offense I want to discuss. Before we get too far, Jay, you texted us before the game and you gave us our little key, your little keys to what this game should be. And one of them was Ziggy needs to ball out. Now Ziggy comes back with a sack, but looking back at this game, Ziggy has one big play for us, not really mentioned a lot. Otherwise, I mean Snacks, Snacks, Harrison played played better, and it's just a matter of. I mean, would you almost rather see Ziggy just sit the rest of the year, not really play? You know he's not coming back, and if he does come back, it's going to be at such a – it's going to be like Mr. Allen's. We're going to cut his contract directly in half. You're going to get a half off on this. So, I mean, are are you kind of ready to say, all right, Ziggy, it was cool having you back. You got one sack, but we almost played better without you.
0: I, I mean so yeah my prediction is way off and I've been like over five hundred this year on football so I don't know the sport anymore. <laughs> um, number two, I you know if we're talking about long term goals, I want them to lose every game by one point. And if we can do that with Ziggy in, I'm fine with that. I want I want us to lose. I don't I don't know if there's any redeeming quality to this year and whether whoever uh, the replacement is for Ziggy. I'd much rather have him out there. I mean, he's getting paid. He's getting his money. He might as well go put in the work and, and play football. But it's just, I, I don't know what to expect out of the team for the rest of the year. That's, that's a problem looking forward.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, I guess I, I don't want to move on without bringing it up, though. But, Russ, like, for you, uh, are you one of those people that, like, you saw the success marginal that, we all, that it was that we were able to have without Ziggy? I mean, are you on the side of, you know what, we're paying him the money, let him go out there see what he can do, or, you know, we had some success when you were sitting on the sideline, kind of like Le'Veon Bell, just sit, we don't really care, well, you're not going to be here again after this year anyway, just take your money and get out of here.
0: See, I don't know that it's a foregone conclusion that he is gone, necessarily, and that's and that's why I think put him out there, play him often. Um, I'm not all that confident in the defensive end depth on the Lions anyways, mm-hmm. so it's not like they can really afford to try and feel the competitive team without him but throw him out there see what he does if he gets hurt again then you're all the more certain that it's the right choice to walk away um but maybe he shows you something maybe he shows he can be healthy and it he gives you more data for the future i mean if this if this front office has shown us anything with these last two trades it's that they're gearing up for next year so let's do whatever puts us, the lines in the best position for next year
1: yeah absolutely um fair to say though that Ziggy more or less is a flash player. I mean, we've seen flashes of greatness out of him, but then he drops off again. He's never been that guy that can consistently play, if he could even play 16 games, and just be a consistent guy. Not that I'm I'm not looking for, you know, I I, I know we're not getting the next Warren Sapp or the next, you know, Indomitian out of this guy, but at least you're going to, I want someone who I can at least feel consistently knowing if you try to run the ball to the left side, you got a good chance of being stopped because Ziggy's there.
0: No, I think you're right that he's more of a flash player. I mean, it's, I don't mean that like he should only play ten snaps a game, but yeah, he's definitely a guy as part of a rotation. Keep him fresh, keep him going. He's he's very athletic, so take advantage of that by keeping him fresh and pushing him off the edge in the right situations. I, I think the multiple fronts that this Lions D uses can fit that very well. That you don't need him in there every play and that can help him be more effective
1: when he is in there. Yeah, okay. Well, right, last question, then we're going to move on. Uh, Jay, you're you're more cynical than the rest of us when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> so I figure this is the best way to ask. Does the potential for flash out of Ziggy outweigh the potential for last lack of consistency from Ziggy? I, uh,
0: I mean, he's not as consistent as he should be. I mean, Snacks Harrison is a more consistent player over his two mm-hmm. games that he's got.
1: Oh, absolutely. Than
0: Ziggy. I, and obviously, small sample sizes of Ziggy this year, but it's like, if that's the most we can get out of this dude, like, I, I would rather him just line up and make proper blocks and have a quiet, good game than, you know, the alternative of just a flash in the pan with him. And it, it surprises me also because we, you know, before we even started the season, we were all like, okay, the Lions draft draft offense in the draft. We're going to watch uh, Patricia handle the defense. He's a defensive-minded head coach. If that's the most he can get out of him so far, and if that path continues of him being below average, that's pretty damning on both parts. So I, I would rather just have him quietly be consistent than a flash player because he's he, he's not consistent enough to do good.
1: Okay. And I, honestly, uh, my two cents here would be knowing the kind of mindset that Quinn and Patricia come from of you perform or you're not here any longer, something tells me that, it's already a pre, predetermined thing, kind of the way it was with Tate, with them trading Tate, even though Tate didn't believe he was going anywhere. I think that they've already made up their mind. Ziggy's not coming back here next year unless he takes, like, a, the biggest pay cut you could imagine. So I think they're just like, you know what? We're paying you this money. You're healthy. Get out there. I mean, if you come up with 10 sacks to end the year, that's just bonus for us. But I, I think it's almost a predetermined thing that Ziggy's probably gone at the end of this year they're like you said they're moving on to the next year they're looking ahead I guarantee you number one on that uh, draft list or free agency need list is probably a defensive end. that it would not surprise me to see Lions go D end no matter where they are in you know in the first round so I mean we'll see what happens there but I, I just can't see with his injury history and his like I like we said the flash that he shows but lack of consistency I can't understand why he would be a priority to keep I really can't. Um, Speaking of, you know, gone, uh, we lose Golden Tate. But rumors are, and Russ, I saw you tweeted this out for the the podcast uh, Twitter. We we worked out Brandon Marshall the other day. Uh, It's a pretty simple question, pretty easy. Marshall's getting up there in age. He's been known to be a little bit of a problem uh, off the field and sometimes on the field. Uh, I'll ask you both straightforward would you want, or I'll let Russ. You can go first here. Would Would you want Brandon Marshall to sign here? Are you? Would you? Do you want him here? And do you think if he comes here, he can genuinely help this offense?
0: Uh, I'll be efficient with my answer because it's the same for both. Uh, no. Fair he, enough. Is fair enough. Yeah, he he's he's past his prime. Well past his prime. Yeah. And kind of like I I said earlier, I'm ready for, and it seems like this front office is ready for gearing up to be a competitor next year. Does Brandon Marshall help you do that? No, he doesn't even help you do that this year. So see what Powell's got. See what see if there's anything left in TJ Jones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, try to incorporate that. See if Riddick really can fill in Tate's role. Brandon Marshall doesn't do anything. And if it, if the workout was anything other than a updating the uh, emergency contacts list, then it was a waste of time. That's
1: true. So, yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, Justin, what about you?
0: See, I I have to disagree on the point that I would rather him come play for us for the sheer fact that he sucks and it gives us a better chance to lose more games. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> bringing, boy, I didn't think of that. Bringing him in, he all right. So when he was with Seattle earlier this year. Doug Baldwin goes down. He's playing with a better quarterback, a better team, um, arguably a similar running corpse, if you will, but. He, he couldn't step up to the plate when Baldwin went down. And Brendan Marshall was a complete bust, especially me because I spent my 200 bucks on the waiver wire for him. But um, I, I, if he came in, we lose oh, more games. Oh, good for you. I was waiting for that. Yeah, Thank you. Who was there? Um, <laughs> he comes in, we probably lose more games. But we're probably, like Russ said, we're better off without him. Let, let some of the younger guys, uh, you know, get a crack at it to see what we have for the future. Because now this is what we're planning for is uh, next year.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say I have a – mine's actually a, a yes and no answer here. Uh, no, I don't want him to come here. I don't. I He's past his prime, Russ. You, you nailed it right on the head. He's past his prime. You don't expect a lot of him. The only reason I would say he could help us is actually just because the name, I think, still technically means something in the NFL. He's still a guy where, you know, he's going to draw coverage. He's going to draw attention. And if you ask me, the only thing that benefits us on – it takes one less hat off of Kenny Galladay. It takes one less hat off of covering Carryon Johnson out of the backfield. It, it's just, for the sheer fact of, I don't care if he finishes the year with zero targets, zero receptions, I, I don't care. All it does is it at least puts one more recognizable name out there to you know take attention off. Maybe that frees up Kenny. Maybe that frees, off, frees up Carryon. So if for some odd reason the Detroit Lions sign him, that is the only benefit i think we're going to get out of him and the only upside is that no one else really wants him from what we could tell so we'll probably get him at a you know patriots bargain of not paying receivers so i mean we'll see what happens there but I, that would be the only only upside to brandon marshall putting on a, a lions jersey um mm-hmm. going yeah ugh. going ahead <laughs> going ahead <laughs> just, to this week <laughs> yeah i mean it, it even hurt me to say it so uh going ahead to this week Lions on the road for a second week in a row, staying in the NFC North, going to Soldier Field to play the uh, Chicago Bears. You know, honestly, the Bears are a better team than I gave them credit for at the start of this year. I have to apologize. Part of that is probably because Khalil Mack's there. But, you know, the Trubisky's actually stepped up and been pretty good. They've got a pretty decent running game. So 5-3 and three Bears, 3-5 three and five Lions. Chicago's 75% favorite in this. The line is six and a half points. Uh, over/unders at forty-four and a half. Uh, Jay, we'll we'll go right to it because that's how we do this. Well, who you taking? And what do you got for a, a score?
0: Uh, bears all day. Cover the spread. Cover the over. Um, I, I honestly think that the uh, you know if if the heart and soul wasn't removed from the players' emotions when they lost Tate. Uh, they definitely lost it when they lost to the Vikings. Um, I expect a you know a piss poor performance uh from the lions and I, it, I I don't have a score because it could be by one point it could be by a million points I just i don't see this team actually uh constructively finishing the year and it's early to say that but um i'll take the I'll take the bears twenty seven to six
1: so it's basically similar to this past week Lions yeah, Lions I, probably I, don't even find the end zone.
0: No, I mean you got Khalil Mack, you got uh, Trubisky, you got Cohen. Um, I I don't. They have too many weapons, and you know they're going to show the Lions what what it's like to draft a young quarterback because that's what we need to do here pretty soon.
1: Okay. Um, and then Russ, I I want you to go, but uh, Jay, one more. Uh, Over under five sacks on Stafford uh, on Sunday.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) Do you want? Do you want? Do you want to have four and a half? Sure. Um, God, they better not. Like he's going to get killed, and then we have to deal with Rudock. <laughs> I'm going to go under just for the sake of It's, start, I it's Matt Rudak. Castle. It, hey, Matt Rudock. It's all the same yeah, shit. Give weird. me the under. I <laughs> him to be
1: healthy. Under. Okay, uh, Russ. What about you?
0: Uh, well, I, I guess adjust that question first. I think it's going to be under because they're going to heavily slant the game plan to protect Stafford, yeah. probably to the to their detriment. Right, it'll be a lot of check-down screens, and hey, running the ball isn't so bad, but it might be forcing it even when it isn't working mm-hmm. against Chicago. Um, so I'd, I'm going to take the under as well. I, I can't imagine a team's going to set a franchise record in sacks two weeks in a row against you.
1: Yeah, you would think.
0: Hopefully. Um, but this is this is a Chicago team that can run the ball, and I, I don't like the line. I think it's too big, so I take the lines with the line, but I think – Chicago would end up winning the game. Um, they're top seven in the league in rushing right now, with 128 yards per game, and they remind me a lot of the Seattle attack, where you have a mobile quarterback that'll pick up a will pick up a first down if you give it to him, and a couple running backs of different skilled sets that mm-hmm. can take advantage of you know what you give them. Yeah. So I, I think we'll see a lot of the same there in Chicago. I I just don't have the confidence that this was a game that I had the Lions winning and I do not
1: anymore. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, you, you're again looking for the, the bright spots here. It, it's hard to find any, it, we're going up against a team that's predominant in the run. That's something we very much struggle with. We're going up against a, t- against a team that has arguably one of the best pass rushers in the league in, just one of the best defensive players in the league in Khalil Mack. That's a detriment. Um, like you said, Russ, I think it's going to be a lot of checkdowns, screens that I, I virtually expect our our entire game plan this week to boil down to the equivalency of a high school offense. Very, very basic, just block your man in front of you kind of thing. We're not going to get too tricky. I don't think you're going to see any of these end arounds and all that. Uh, I think this is going to be a very basic one. And if the Lions want to win this game, they do need to play basic. I don't care if you eat up nine minutes on a drive. Just make sure at the end of that drive, it's seven, not three. Because you're not winning this game on field goals. There's enough talent in that Bears offense, they will be putting up points. I, I fully expect the Bears to at least have three touchdowns against us. And that's, a, that's an at least. Wow. Okay. So Come on, we, we can't stop they, the uh, run.
0: You think they do better than Minnesota did, offensively?
1: Yeah, I, I personally think okay. they have a better offense. You take, you take away the fact that uh, all, all Minnesota had was uh cook thielen kirk cousins kirk cousins i think we can all agree kirk cousins is a good quarterback he is not living up to number one money quarterback No. so i personally I'm, I'm not saying that trubisky any better Trubisky's a better athlete trubisky same with russell wilson he, he can put the ball under his arm and he can take off and he, you have to you have to give him you know you have to give him that attention no matter what like you know you're playing peyton manning you're playing tom brady Yeah, they could scramble here and there, but they're they're not going to, you know, beat you on a 45-yard scramble, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Trubisky ran like a 50-yard run on us last year. He broke on one. He broke a couple Mm -hmm. times on us. So it's one of those things where I think, yeah, I think if you look at that Chicago offense, they have a lot of talent. Thielen's a good wide receiver for Minnesota. Thielen getting mentioned as one of the best receivers in the league, I think was a little much. He was having a hot streak. That's great. You know, it's a great hot streak. But I'm willing to say that there are much better receivers. It's just the fact that, you know, Minnesota, you have, to, you have to give the eye to Cook. You have to pay attention to Diggs. You have to pay attention to Kyle Rudolph. So I just think, yeah, I think the Bears have a lot of talent, and I think Trubisky's ability to be mobile gives them that. Uh, I think the Lions lose this game. I, I, I hate saying it. I want to say the Lions win every game. But uh, I having said that, I think this is one where we find the end zone. I think we get some sparks of offense going again. It's just the fact that, like I said, we can't stop the run, and that seems to be Chicago's bread and butter. So, like I said, I think this game ends up being like a 21. I, I want to say 21 to 17. I really do. I think the spread's fine. I don't think I think we're gonna cover it. It's not a big deal. But 21-17, uh, Bears find the end zone a couple times on us on the run because we can't stop it.
0: What about what about your sacks? What are you on that?
1: Um, oh yeah, good call. That's good. Yeah, I completely. forgot about that um I'm gonna go with you guys I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under I think I think Khalil gets to him early I I think he gets to him early but I think after like one or two I I think that they start you know I think the offensive line starts getting under control starts handling it and like I said I think this is going to be a very basic offense from us this week we have no reason to get tricky so I think assuming Stafford accepts that and doesn't try to become you know the hero holding in the pocket for eight seconds and chucking it deep uh, I think we'll be all right. I think I would say four sacks is expected. I think that that'll be fine. I don't think they're going to get any higher than that. And I honestly okay. think that Minnesota game was just a fluke. I mean, I really think that offense just could not get going. It was one of those snowball days. They started out bad and there was just no recovering. So, um, well,
0: I, I got a question for you real quick. Yeah. Is this when we start Castle Watch not because of skill getting benched, but because of injury and his team getting him killed? The yeah, Catholic curse is coming at some point.
1: Yeah, I, I mean <clears throat> I mean curses you would think would have to be broken. I mean, eventually the the babe the Babe Ruth eventually the Babe Ruth curse was broken. So uh, you would think it's gonna be broken. It
0: took fifty years.
1: <clears throat> Me personally, I think the next couple weeks are gonna be dependent on if Stafford isn't getting his ass kicked, but he's still getting knocked down a few times and we're not winning. This is your franchise quarterback. If you're if you're sitting there with 3 or 4 weeks to go and you're, you know, you're 3 and 8, I think you, you just kind of go, "Okay, well, we tried. This didn't happen." Um I think maybe start, you know, get Castle in there. Don't don't let him take a, a, an entire season of beat up. But I I don't think injury-wise. I think literally I think last week was a fluke. I don't think you're going to see that again. Cuz going into it, we only let we only given up 13. We literally almost gave up as many sacks to Minnesota as we have all year.
0: There's a good stat.
1: Like literally, 13 sacks going into that game, we gave up 10. That is not indicative of this Lions' offensive line because I've said a couple times, that offensive line has not looked bad this year. They just, they had a bad day. Like To, to quote Russ's movie, they had a quicksand day. You tried to mm-hmm. make a play, you just got in over your head. There was nothing going. And then, you know, really, Minnesota did not, Minnesota was not a phenomenal team. That 70-yard run, took a lot of air out of us, but you look at it for two and a half quarters, it was a nine-point game. It was not a, I mean, 11-point game, sorry. It was an 11-point game. They were not like destroying us 33-6 after the first quarter. So it was just one of those games where we were right there, and I think that's what made it so much worse, is that we really were right there. We just could not capitalize. We had turnovers, we we moved the ball from time to time, and we just could not capitalize it takes a lot out of you when you have a you know interception down into the red zone you, you play seven plays because you get a first down get a penalty get a penalty and you end up with three it just you cannot take anything from that of benefit and you lose the momentum for it so you know you just
0: summarized like Matthew Stafford's career right like you were I, right there but <laughs> just couldn't capitalize
1: I understand I mean that's what it is which I will find I will say it was kind of funny we had a caller calling after the game saying Stafford's not the quarterback he'll never he's never gonna get to the playoffs and we're like so the previous playoffs he's been to don't count is that what we're saying like st- like people forget that he he has gotten this team to the playoffs he's done it by himself he has never really had this complete game and honestly what I see from Bob Quinn that I have not seen in the past is, we, and we've said it before, it's smart decisions. It's not the flashy one. You're not going after the big-name free agent running back. or super, like They could have signed Dez Bryant, let's be honest. At any point, they could have gone, yeah, we'll bring Dez in, cut Brandon Powell, cut TJ Jones, we'll make room for you. It's probably a one-year deal, but you're here. They could have gone out and done the flashy things. what they do? They picked up free agent defensive players from uh, New York who have proven to be good. I mean, can anyone here argue that Romeo Acora has not been great for our team so far this year? Eli Harold, when he plays, has been pretty good. Snacks Harrison looks like a genius decision right now. They're making boring, quiet moves like the Patriots did that led to the ultimate goal. And everybody expects, oh, Patricia's here, Quinn's here. It's automatic. We'll be the Patriots in two years. Guarantee you that won't happen. I guarantee you you're looking at a five-year plan, but by the fifth year you're going to start seeing a team that Wins a lot more than they lose, and they play a lot more consistent football. You can't install it in overnight. You know that's like me walking. That's like me walking into Michigan tomorrow and handing them a playbook and saying, "Hey, by the way, you have to understand how to do this by Saturday." It's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. So
0: that playbook was don't wear khakis. That might
1: work. <laughs> oh, there it is.
0: oh God, hey, Justin, Your khakis are working pretty yeah. well, well this year. Now that my I, r- I know it, I can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't shit on campies this yeah. year. Now that Either. my rant,
1: now that my rant is over, let's get on to NFL play of the week. A um, couple good ones this week. Uh, just for anyone who is paying attention, to this and keeping track, I won this week with a kicker. Really? A kicker won it for me this week, so uh, I got a lot of confidence. I got a lot of confidence going into this. So as the winner, I'm going to lead off this week. It's probably a terrible idea because I'm almost positive you both have me beat, but I'm going to lead off anyway. Uh, I decided to go with what I think was the game of the week. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, face-off. And every once in a while, they go from that boring, conservative offense that the Patriots like to run, and they just decide to throw some spice in there. And uh, this was their spice.
0: And again, nope, Here we go, flea flicker. Flea flicker, white, back to Brady, wide open is Edelman. And he'll take the ball to about the 10-yard line.
1: Man, oh man, do I love a flea flicker as a, as a former quarterback, we didn't ever run it. We never, we practiced it once in practice. And if the receiver didn't catch it, or if the running back didn't make the pitch, we never even touched it again. But, oh boy, when it's executed, it's just the coolest play on earth. So, uh, I, I had to go with the Brady flea flicker. It was, it was fun to watch. It wasn't a scoring play, little weird to not have it be a scoring play, but you know what? It was just such a cool play. So much fun that, uh, I, I couldn't pass on it. I just like it too much. So, uh, for everyone that's listening, that's Tom Brady Flea Flicker. That's where you want to vote. It'll, be, it'll <laughs> be right in there. You have two other options, but I'm telling you, this is the option. So um, speaking of option, uh, Justin went with a uh, double option, double reverse, and it's just it, this one to me was the coolest play of the three. I, I watched it, and with all the running and evading he had to do, this was a pretty cool play. So uh, Jay, here's your play, and then you can uh, give us your thoughts.
0: Off the fake to McCaffrey. Moore pitches it back to Samuel. Newton leading away But for Curtis Samuel. Cuts it back inside.
1: Samuel still on his feet. Inside the five to the end zone. Touchdown. What a play. What a play indeed, Jay. What a play.
0: The only only thing that would make this play better is if there was, like, some soft jazz in the background. I had (laughs) a sexy voice telling me about what just happened. Dude, that – seriously he probably went 60 yards in any direction on the field on that and the fact that there wasn't a single holding or chop block or anything of that nature uh it was a it it beautiful it, it, every time you see something like that it's getting called back because there's a play back on the line there's a flag back on the line so um i'm more happy that it wasn't penalized than anything and i just want someone to do it in a deep sexy voice because it was
1: awesome oh yeah yeah i could see that it yeah. would be very appealing yeah absolutely <laughs> um then there was Russ, who – Russ went safe, went cons- – no, he went good. Uh, Julio Jones, for, uh, uh, am I correct when I heard this? First receiving touchdown of the year for this guy?
0: Correct. Very very sadly correct.
1: Holy cow. Why is that sad, Russ? Do you want to maybe tell us why that's sad?
0: I, I do not own him in any fantasy leagues. It's sad because I'm a fan of good football, and he has not been playing it.
1: Oh, good for you. The honorable but I thing. Don't have but ever. you did the honorable thing, and you still <laughs> mention fantasy football. That's how – you're going to get your punishment. You are. Okay. All right, so here's Russ's play, and then, Russ, you can uh, give us the explanation.
0: Ridley's had a nice day, 6 for 71 and a touchdown.
1: Third down and two.
0: They'll fake the run. They'll get into Jones. Looking to set up the block. They're good.
1: touchdown Julio Jones it was a cool play it really was yeah well
0: it, it wasn't all that spectacular he made a nice made a nice move on the defender to mm-hmm. shake the guy at the line and uh really will powered himself into the end because geez I can't imagine that isn't weighing on him because it's been almost an entire calendar year since his last touchdown what am I looking for in a play of the week? I'm looking for something that I'm not seeing very often. And November 26th of last year was the last time Julio Jones scored a touchdown. So he's got 933 yards this season. Yeah. He, that's up and down the field almost 10 times, and he finally crosses the goal line. Mr. Jones, it's been too long. Okay.
1: It's a touchdown. It's all that matters. Put seven on the board. Uh, three great plays. We'll uh, we'll have that uh, poll up here in a little bit. And remember, Tom Brady flea flicker. It's it's what you're looking for. It, it's just, it brings everything into it. They pretended to run the ball, then they threw the ball. So, um, this guy on. wins
0: two out of three, and all of a sudden here yeah, we all go. All of
1: a sudden, all of a sudden. Um, moving on because I know I'm looking at this clock, and this clock's just tick tick ticking away. And I know we're gonna lose the short bald one here in a few minutes. So we got to talk about the team he cares for most. Michigan State, twenty four. Maryland Terrapins 3. Justin, you guys couldn't throw the ball to save your lives, but oh boy, where the hell did Connor Hayward come from?
0: Uh wherever he came from, he's quickly going back because that was a a brief moment of running the football. Um,
1: <laughs> I give I mean, him an it, oppor- I give you an opportunity to just overflow with the joy and you go right to the skepticism. That a boy. I love it.
0: Yeah, no. Okay, right, so they beat Maryland. Great. They should have. They yeah. should have beaten a lot of teams this year. Um, neither team could throw the ball for great yardage, so that really hurt us big time. Um, it was the second-highest total of run attempts on the year for Sparty. Uh, we only threw the ball 22 times. So that game plan was cute for Maryland, and I'm glad that we won that game. Um, we need to win any game that we can to salvage the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, that, but quickly transitioning into Ohio State, that game plan is not going to work against LSU. Um, they, they need to flip it, and Lewerke needs to throw the ball at least 30-plus times um, if they want to ball with uh, Ohio State. So I was happy about the Maryland win, but um, it is brief, brief happiness because they have to change their whole game plan going into uh, OSU this weekend.
1: And that was going to be my second question to you, though, was, excuse me, um, Brian Lewerke, 11-20 for 87. Rocky Lombardi only tried to throw the ball twice. I, I guess what I want to know is going into this, Lewerke's not playing good football he's, he's clearly still injured but all year he's just not been the quarterback you guys needed Rocky had a good showing against Purdue obviously didn't get a lot of opportunity against Maryland going into this Ohio State game where you guys one have a chance to play you know season upsetter because if Ohio State loses to you guys it's over for them they're they're out of it they they're, they're going home they're they're done when you're looking at this, this could be a big win for you guys, and it's also obviously, Russ, a game that we're watching very closely because it means a lot to us as U of M fans. Are you, are you wanting them to stick with Lewerke for the experience, or do you say, you know what, Rocky Lombardi had a hot game against Purdue. He appears to be the healthier of the two. He's proven he can make plays. Where where are you going with that?
0: I'd rather have Lewerke any day of the week just because he can run the ball. Um, he's proven a couple times he's effective with doing that um having him start against OSU is going to be crucial. I mean, he he's mailed it in a couple games, he looked at crap a couple games. I mean, we had a nice run on quarterbacks. Uh, LaWorkery in my opinion is the worst of the bunch in recent years, but I'd still you, you got to roll with him against Ohio State.
1: Worse than uh Andrew Maxwell? <sighs>
0: Okay, so you brought back that. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask we don't though? Say his name.
1: Yeah. Can I ask? Yeah. He. He who shall not be named. Speaking of that, we're going to talk about Draco Malfoy again, real fast. Um, Rocky Lombardi. It, are, do you not like him because I compared him to Tebow? Is that what it is? Did I? Did I put a stain on him?
0: Oh, you put a bad taste in my mouth,
1: my friend. Yeah, it happens. Um, Russ, I, I obviously th- there's another game we care a lot more about, but I, I got to ask for this one. Sparty's kind of turned it around the last couple weeks. They've actually shown a semblance of an ability to play football. Obviously, this is Maryland. so And, I mean, Maryland's a 5-4 and four team, so it's not like they're terrible. But, you know, Maryland's usually considered a second-tier football team in the Big Ten. Uh, we're we're going to preview this game, but would you say that uh, Ohio State playing poorly against Nebraska, barely getting it through, would you say Sparty's kind of running on the hot hand here going into this matchup?
0: It, it seems like they have a little more momentum going because they're exceeding expectations more than Ohio State is even trying to live up to their expectations. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not a great time to be a Buckeye right now. They sure they're still winning, but this is a Michigan State team that has proven in the past. I mean, you look look at Penn State this year; they can take down the big dog if if it's just one game, and and I uh. Wouldn't be looking past that game if I was Urban Meyer, because they uh, they'll give them everything they got. It's uh, it's really gonna come down to effective quarterback play or not. If, if Lowry can keep it going, then they're gonna have a shot. If not, um, well, it might be best to just look at the week after.
1: Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, let's get into it because it is for right now. It's the biggest game of the week because you know Michigan doesn't really play. Michigan plays Rutgers, so we're not really looking too far into that one but ohio state michigan state big 10 matchup has a lot of implications russ since it's jay's team we're going to let you go first since i know jay's going to have the uh, more heated opinion uh osu's a 60 favorite there is no actually over under right now but the the spreads oh, wow. at three and a half okay so field goal field goal is the is the spread pretty much we'll say that uh where are you going with this this is an ohio state team that does not look fantastic in theory, they have the talent, but they don't look like they have the execution. On the other side, Michigan State's banged up, but you know what? They're they're kind of they're willing their way through this. They're taking whoever's available and making sure they make plays. Uh, I guess who at the uh, end of this one? Who's out coming out on top?
0: Remind me again where are the game's at?
1: Uh, East Lansing. It's
0: in East Lansing. Ooh, in East Lansing. That complicates things a little bit.
1: Yep, it's a noon game in Ooh. East Lansing.
0: Uh, that's that's tough. So I I want to pick state for the second week in a row uh, just because I enjoy whenever Ohio State loses. Um, but every time that I try and pick Michigan State and pump and them up, except for last week, they've uh, they've kind of let them down. Uh, I, I will say thank you, Michigan State, for beating Maryland. Anytime Maryland loses, it brings me more joy than almost anything. So thank you. Um, but I'm, You're welcome. I guess, I guess – I guess when it really gets down to it, I'm gonna have to go with Ohio State. They are still eight and one. They, as, as much as they haven't been living up to expectations, they are still getting Ws. And it'll probably be ugly. It'll probably be close. That three point spread sounds r- really good. Um, but I'll, I think I'll take Ohio State. Probably probably end up being like a uh, 24-20 type of game.
1: Okay, that's fine. Um, Jay, let, let's have it.
0: So Nebraska only, they ran the ball 49 times against Ohio State and they only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. And I would consider Nebraska having a better running game than Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's going to leave Michigan State very one-dimensional, and Ohio State's going to play very one-dimensional because of our run defense. Um, I've got Ohio State winning 21-17. to um, I've I picked against Fardy every single week since Michigan, and I'm going to continue to do so. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> that's
0: Something to be said for consistency.
1: Yeah, at least he knows what he's doing. Um, I'm not going to waste time with this one. Uh, this game will have, I, I and you guys are going to laugh your way out of this one, but this game will have very, very, very little defense. I do not see a lot of defense in this one. Uh, Haskins is a, is a passer. He's not like the normal quarterbacks at Ohio State from the past. He's not a super mobile guy. He's not going to make a lot of guys miss like JT Barrett. And, you know, I'm going back here, but Troy Smith, you know, those kind of guys. He's not that. He's a, he's a chucker of the football. Uh, you know, 3,000 yards passing, 32 touchdowns tells you that. Lewerke, he's injured, but you know what? Like The guy's not, you know, this season he's definitely not uh, unaccustomed to throwing the ball 50-plus times. I, I think this game is going to be a, sh- a shootout of sorts. Uh, I have it being uh, 27-21 uh, Ohio State. But I think you're not going to see a lot of running of the football. You're going to see a lot of shotgun, a lot of wide receivers spread out. And this is just going to be, hey, I'm going to throw the ball. You're going to throw the ball. Whoever can do it better is going to come out on the on top at the end of this one. I don't see a lot of defense, and I don't see a lot of running. I'd be surprised if either team runs the ball more than 25 times. So that's where I'm going with it. 27-21 Ohio State. You guys are going to put up a great fight. And believe me, I'm I'm 100 we, – we asked – one of our producers here went to Michigan State. We Everybody here is asking him if he's got spare uh, Sparty stuff so we can uh, wear it and represent Michigan State for one game. Because believe me, I want this to be a Spartan W so badly. And I really hope you can pull it off. I think if your defense can uh, can get to Dwayne Haskins, put some pressure on him, make him make some bad decisions, you guys definitely have a chance. I, I, you can't rule it out. A 6-3 and three team, Sparty has definitely turned it around in the last couple weeks. They definitely have. But... Uh, ultimately, I'm gonna have to say at the end. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna have to see uh, uh, Buckeyes win this one. It's gonna be upsetting. It's gonna be upsetting. So uh, moving on, and Jay, I know you're you're limited on time. So if you got a duck, you got a duck. We totally understand. Uh, I'll let you know. We're good right now, man. We're good right now. That's good. Uh, Michigan football, Russ. How about them Wolverines? <laughs> Listen, I'm not ashamed to say it now. I, I'm, I'm gonna fully say it. I have a huge ass man crush on Chase Winovich. He's oh, is just—he <laughs> is—he is the epitome of Michigan football. Saturdays are for the boys. Revenge tour is on, and it's on full throttle because 42 to seven over a Penn State team that, going into the season, I, I think we all expected a little bit more out of than uh, what they're doing this year. Trace McSorley does not look like he knows what he's doing right now. Granted, a little injury, but, you know, 5 of 13, which, by the way, I'd like to also point out, Russ, I'm stealing a stat here, so if I steal it from mm-hmm. you, I totally apologize. Oh, no, you go. I want to say since, like, week four, no uh, quarterback has completed more than 10 passes against us.
0: I, I have the actual details on that. It is Northwestern was the, last, it was the last team to okay. do more than 10. It was 8 for Penn State, 7 for Michigan State, 7 for Wisconsin, and 7 for Maryland.
1: Okay. So and then Northwestern
0: had 16,
1: so yeah. So I was off by one, week five. Yeah, Maryland, Wisconsin, MSU, Penn State. No one has completed. I believe the highest one was, I think someone had nine against us. So Penn but Penn State
0: had eight.
1: Okay, so that would be the highest one, yeah. So it, it's looking very comforting knowing we're going against these quarterbacks, and I, I'd be lying if I said I knew a single thing about Rutgers or Indiana's quarterbacks, but I, I'm going to put money says that we might be able to keep that trend going for at least two more weeks. Dwayne Haskins is a different story. But 42-7, to another week where, I swear, Shea Patterson is an amazing quarterback that we don't really know plays quarterback very much because 11-17, 144, threw two touchdowns. But you know what I like about Shea is he can run that offense that Harbaugh brought in because he can actually run the ball. When it was Wilton Spate, no one believed Wilton Spate was going to try to bust it out for 15 yards. Shea Patterson can do that. It's, it's just one of those things where this defense is horrifying and this offense is not as high flying as you would expect it to be but you know what it is it's effective and it's efficient
0: oh absolutely this whole game kind of felt like the wisconsin game to me that it was drag it out run it out just just dominate and beat them for the first half and not really run away with the score but put it in the context michigan ran the ball 51 times penn state only had the ball on offense for 47 snaps like that, that is clock control and possession. And then the third and fourth quarters came around, and they just beat the lifeless corpse of Penn State over and over until they got up to 42 points. Um, even brought in the human victory cigar, Dylan McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of jump all over the grave. This is, this is a dominant team. This is something we haven't seen in a while a Michigan team that knows how to finish games. Yeah. And and that's probably the scariest
1: thing of all. Yeah. Well, before we lose him, because I want to ask this one question, because this is one I've been itching to ask Jay all week. Justin, you're an outsider in this perspective. You're not a U of M fan. You'll you give exactly. them their due when their due is there. As an outsider looking in, what if any, like what what to you is Karan Higdon? He 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 has to be a, a premier back to you looking in. I mean, this guy's got leading the league or leading the nation in consecutive hundred yard rushing games. Like, Karon Higdon is a big time back, correct and fair to say? Sure. <laughs> That's it. He's only going to give us sure. <laughs> You're not going to give us anything on Karan Higdon.
0: I, um, part part of my logic is flawed because of some of the matchups um, that you guys have had so far this year. Um, Penn State was believed to be something bigger. Wisconsin was believed to be something bigger. Same goes for my Spartans at the time. Uh... I'll give them credit. I, I, I can I can recognize talent and appreciate that you guys are killing it right now. And you'll be ten and one going into OSU. I just I need that validation. I need that Twitter blue check mark next to Michigan's name uh, when they play uh, a decent team. You've played decent teams, so maybe that's not the right phrasing. But give give me that you know verified account status against uh, someone in the playoffs, perhaps. Um, And then I think I'd be able to actually send that home. But Higdon's got talent. I just want to see it against a good team.
1: I mean, Higdon literally had eight less rushing yards than Shea Patterson had passing yards in this game. Karon Higdon, if you look at it, has been a very large bulk of our offense. The guy Mm -hmm. is a top – and I I get so close sometimes to saying he's an elite level back because – but then you think, it is true. You know, we do play some less than amazing teams – this in the year, but we went against Notre Dame. We went against you guys. We went against Wisconsin. We're going against Ohio State. We played against Penn State. All teams that have good defenses. And guess what? Karan Higdon did was effective against all of them. To, obviously, mm-hmm. Ohio State is to you know to be determined. It's just one of those things where I, Karan Higdon to me feels like the epitome of the nation's view of Michigan. We like they're good, but they still haven't proven anything yet. It's like that until the end of the year. And even at the end of the year, you'll get that we haven't proved anything yet if we don't win at all. And obviously winning at all is impossible because there's a juggernaut down in Alabama that honestly could put in their backups and probably win the national championship. So it's tough. It makes it very tough. But I to me, Karan Higdon is great. The guy I was really excited to see and then he didn't do anything for us was Russ. Tariq Black was back. Did you know he was actually played in that game?
0: Uh. He has he had a couple good what I think two good catches. That's yeah. about the only time I noticed.
1: According to this, he had no receptions.
0: Oh well, then they called they called, called the deep ball they called wrong. the deep
1: ball back. Uh, they called holding uh, uh, on Gentry, on okay. the deep ball. But yeah,
0: that's probably what I'm remembering then because I remember hearing his name at least once. Yeah, but no, there was not a lot of pomp and circumstance about him coming back in the lineup, and apparently there didn't need to be. Didn't really uh, go to the passing game much at all.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to get the uh, predictions in real quick. Again, Michigan's a 98% favorite here. There uh, is no over-under. This one should be pretty simple. So the main question is going to be actually, will they cover? The W seems all but guaranteed. Again, it's not necessary, but all but guaranteed. The spread on this game is 40 points. 40. So, Jay, you're first. I'm assuming you're going to go with a W here, but will Rutgers cover?
0: Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you guys are so have stuck in stuck to uh, a good run game, limiting Patterson and not letting him just chuck it all day long, really chewing up the clock. I, I mean, you'll get the W, but I don't know if there's going to be a cover, just because you know I don't think there's any need to show anything flashy. You need to say that. Um, I would save everything you could for Ohio State and then going into the Big Ten Championship game, which should be (laughs) less than hard, uh, you know, not as hard as Ohio State. So no cover. Um, I think it's just going to be a very vanilla run the clock down once you grab the lead kind of game.
1: Yeah. The only reason I'm, I'm skeptical to say against that is if you think about it, other than a lapse late in the game, we almost put up 40, we almost had 42 points on Penn State. We almost it was, it was a forty-two to nothing shutout. And then we had a little defensive lapse, so it just makes me wonder. I mean, a couple like last week, I remember seeing the line of the Clemson Louisville game was thirty-eight, and talking to a, a guy we all know, uh, Spencer Schroer. He guaranteed that that wouldn't happen. He guaranteed there's no way Clemson's outscoring Louisville by thirty-eight points. The final of that game was seventy-seven to sixteen. So, and I think we're just as good of Clemson as Clemson, if not better. And I want to guess that Louisville is better than Rutgers. So I, I'm very skeptical to say that this doesn't end up being like a 50 to nothing game. I really am. But uh, that's just me. Russ, where are you at with this?
0: So uh, there's only been two games so far this season that Michigan has beat their opponent by more than 40 points, so it's SMU and Nebraska. Uh, but that being said, Rutgers has only scored 138 points this season. Last in the Big Ten, 15 points a game. Uh, it's probably time that Michigan Get their first shutout of the year And if they do I have a hard Time believing they don't also put up 40 Points even if it's the third string quarterback in they're doing it so I'm I'm going to take it a little optimistically um, But this is this is A terrifically bad Rutgers Offense so If, you, if you're going to talk about hanging 40 yeah it's probably going to happen
1: Yeah I mean It's tough to not go Against obviously I think Uh, W across the board. I don't think anyone's really going to argue that. I think we're pretty much set for that. Um, Last thing we got to talk about, and I I feel like going into this year, I thought we were going to be talking about this a lot more, but we're really not for obvious reasons. Uh, Jay, you were at the game Saturday night. This Red Wings hockey team, only one of us to actually see them in person this year, Uh, is it as bad live as it is watching them on TV?
0: Dude, so – my buddy, Tony, you guys know Tony. Tony oh, I and I Tony. were sitting up in the bleachers. We we were laughing because some of the things that they continually think are good are terribly bad. The the whole, like Nyquist's two assists were from blind passes from behind his back, and whether he's below the crease or he's at center ice, that is the only way we know how to effectively pass is to close our eyes, tuck our sticks in between our legs, and see where the puck goes. They they do this blind passing shit. And it drives me up a wall. Like we don't know how to have like a system of passing. We just go, oh, uh, this is going in this area. Hopefully, someone's skating over there. That is our ideology of passing the puck. And we were just laughing because every time we would do it, it'd be a turnover, and we'd get so, you know more goals scored against us.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. Um. Right, okay, let's stop
0: one more issue too. One yeah, more. Thing. Absolutely,
1: go for it. All
0: right. The other thing is, and this has been driving me wild for years. We have no entry into the offensive zone whatsoever. We do this dump and chase where it actually turns into dump and don't get the puck. Um, Or one of our wingers will take it up against the boards, try to go wide, and they'll get pinched and we'll lose possession. And that's indicative of how we're not shooting the puck. We have no entry. Like, we're going to play Vancouver tonight. Watch them against that defense. That defense is average, but every other entry is a loss of possession. And every time you don't have the puck, you're not scoring any goals. And I know it's very cliche, but they have zero entry, and it's like the biggest crutch of their lives, and they don't know how to, to get off of it and actually start playing hockey. So just just keep an eye out
1: for that tonight. Yeah. But boat I would like to say is there were two people on that ice that I, I think had to have just turned you on. I mean, you got to see Luke Len Denning, oh and you got to see the master of feet, Connor McDavid. Yes, I did. I mean, I I got to think your only thought was like I I want to have like a three-way with both of them. I got to think that was your entire thought through that entire night. All
0: right, so (laughs) can I I want to I'll dive into that. Connor (laughs) McDavid had a successful dump and chase where he dumped it in and he was the first guy to get to the puck while our D-men were flat-footed. So there's one of the part three-way right there. Glenn Denning and I and I really want to talk about this in a serious note and get your guys' reaction because I'm not just you know this isn't like the Glenn Denning bit this is, this okay. is coming to fruition here so listen <laughs> okay Glenn Denning is the only player on the Red Wings double digits in points and has a plus a, a positive plus minus there's only three people on the team that have more than two points that have a positive plus minus yeah he's leading he's the team the
1: he's leading the team in plus minus right now with four
0: Yep. He, so. He's the best center when it comes to faceoff percentages, and he has the most hits on the team, which is damning of the defense, and he leads the team in defensive zone starts over any other D-man. So we're relying on him. When we're dropping the puck on the face-off in the defensive side, He is consistently on the ice, but higher than any other defensive player or offensive player. The dude, he, he legitimately flat-out grinds for our team, and he's earning every penny that he makes. And he's a positive plus-minus dude. He's got, I think, he's like fifth or sixth on the team in points for the year. He's killing it on the face-offs. I, I can't find another more well-rounded player on that team. And I don't know if that's damning of the team, but I'll take it because Glenn Denning is being the man right now for this team.
1: Okay. Um, my, my one question to you because, I, 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 honestly, I swear, I was not setting anything else up after. I was listening to what you were saying. I just want to make sure I didn't hear you incorrectly. <laughs> uh, you said there's another He's one of only two forwards or one of two players with multiple points to have a, a positive plus minus?
0: I think I think there were like two or three people that have more than two points on the year that also comes with a positive plus minus. There's only
1: – uh, according to what I'm seeing, there's only one. Uh, the only other guy on the team that – there's two other guys. Luke Wachowski and uh, Erickson are the only other two that have positive plus minuses, but they all, they either have none or one point. The only other person – uh, Russ, can you tell me who it is? Trevor Daly. Trevor Daly, three points. He's got a plus two, plus minus. Uh, Jay, you you know how I feel about this guy, but I will say yes. If you're looking at the stats right now, just playing on that. Not uh, like if if someone blindly is coming in, Luke Glendening does look like the most well-rounded guy. Uh, one goal, five assists, six points. He's got a good plus minus. You know, penalty minutes, all that. He, he, he does, he's playing solid. The problem is if you take, if you take like 20 Luke Glenn Dennings, this is still probably not a very good hockey team. It's it's one of those things like Dylan Larkin has 15 points. He's our points leader. He's got, he's minus six on the plus minus. That's supposed to be the front of the franchise. That's supposed to be the future guy. And he, he looks average at best. So yeah, I'll give you the, I'll give you that Luke looks like a very round, well-rounded player. But in saying that, I'm still going to pull the rug out from you. Justin, there is 0.000% chance that this guy has a C or an A on his jersey next year. I know you want it, but it's not happening.
0: Well, it, it's actually funny because I already priced out getting a Luke Glendenning sweater with a oh. C on it. And it <laughs> it's, under, it's under a bill, so it's not too bad, and I'm probably going to have to buy it. Like, yeah. Give me two more weeks. I will have that jersey in my possession.
1: You might have to do that. Uh, Russ, I, I, I gave my opinion. You, you can go ahead. and, If you want to go against me, go for it. But I, I think you'll probably agree with me.
0: Well, I'll, I'll lead with this. Much like Luke Glendenning, I do not give two shits about plus minus. <laughs> 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 this, if you're going to... You, it is such an outdated stat to actually count as a measure of someone being good or bad. Case in point, Gus Nyquist and Dennis Cholowski are a minus five and a minus six each. Um, they both have five and six power play points each, which don't get counted for plus minus at all. Yeah. So how can, you, how can you say it's a measure of a good player when we have a whole subset of their, their production? You know, one of the only thing, times that the Wings can score do have a, a top 10 power play conversion rate right now, by the way. Yeah. Um, and you're just going to completely throw it out, right? So, Luke Glendening has the advantage that all of his scoring opportunities are coming at even strength because he's not good enough to get at any favorable scoring opportunities. So, that plus minus will still come down anyways.
1: That's right. Um,
0: I will say to to Zorn a little bit, he is getting... Terrible usage in, in that he is getting a ton of defensive zone starts. He was put out there against Connor McDavid a lot, which uh, is an endorsement from the coach, but hey, Connor mcdavid still Connor McDavid. It's going to take a lot more than Luke Glenn um That would have been what I would have led with, trying to trump him up a little bit. But he, uh, geez, get out of here with that plus minus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's also got a 44.7 shot share. So he. The goals are gonna come because all of the shots already are. That this is, it's uh, man, I got I got so off track and and bagging plus minus, <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. What do we want to talk last year?
1: Oh no no, no I, I am I'm, I'm flipping through this. I, I got something. Yeah. I got something. And yeah. I, Jay, here we go. You, you love you love the game of golf with me. So I'm gonna tee it up for you. You got a chance for a 350 yard drive, of oh. rant. I expect this to be the biggest rant of your life. You ready? Guess who has the worst plus minus on this team by by a large margin?
0: Well, there's no way to bring back Sean Avery. but
1: Ready? Because <laughs> uh, I know how much you ahead. love this guy. I know how much you love him and you want him to be here and be an effective player for this team. Oh, yeah. Anthony <laughs> Mantha with a negative 13 plus minus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you 60 seconds of Justin's opinion of Anthony Mantha.
0: No, his, his ass ain't worth seconds of any kinds of salt. I don't care if it's table salt, bath salt, sea salt. It doesn't even split in matter. He's a joke. Coach Holland, Holland had every right calling him out and calling him a passenger. I watched his dumb ass try to skate, and he didn't move his damn feet. And you can, ask, you can ask Tony. We sat there with our jaws in our beers because he, his entry was don't move your feet. And it's like you, you, you. No, no, he is not worth a single <laughs> second of anything. Not at all.
1: Nope. Uh, I'm not doing it. Oh <laughs> God, no. I, there's no better way, guys. We can't get any better than that. Like we, we I, I could try all day and it wouldn't happen. So um, that that right there, though, to me, correct me if I'm wrong. That rant right there, you could have taken Anthony Mantha out of and just replaced the Detroit Red Wings, and I, I don't, I think it would have made just as much sense. It, this is a bad team. I didn't want to be on it with you guys when we started this year, and unfortunately I am now. This is the lose for Hughes. It, it, it's over. This is a bad team. I, I asked uh, Buddy Sean Bellegian, and I'll ask you two real quick. Odds are we win 20 games this year. Would you would you actually take the over or the under? Under. Under? Ooh, under. Oh, under. I,
0: uh, I guess I'll take the over This this division sucks. Wings aren't even the bottom team in the Atlantic right now. Yeah. I'll sneak above it. Okay. It still sucks.
1: Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Another great show. Had a blast with you guys. Uh, Justin Marcus, we really appreciate you taking the time.
0: Hey, anytime, my friend.
1: Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Uh, Russ Ivanak, I'm sorry I stole a couple stats. I figure it's payback for the best of topics (laughs) you did to me. But, uh, we appreciate you doing this, buddy. It's always a good time.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a a great time. And no apology needed, man. The more stats, the better. Bring them
1: on. I got plenty. Absolutely. Stats for days. And, uh, As I always say, until they find someone better, I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. That's one small step for us, one giant leap back in Detroit sports broadcasting.
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.